Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How are you doing? It's the Luke and Pete Show with Cat from Red Dwarf. <laughs> wow! Ah! I can't remember what he used to say. Just been voted Fish. off um, Strictly Come Dancing, of course. I hear he's not uh, nice. Do you? <laughs> oh, Pete's Wicked Whispers already. I know, right? Pete's Wicked Whispers already. <laughs> so early in the show. I know, Pete's yeah. Like. I've, 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 I've heard bad reviews of him. With he, these, he, fell uh, out, he fell out with his dancer, I think, didn't he? With these receptions. The ambassador's reception, you're spoiling us with these wicked whispers. <laughs> I'm Luke Moore, this is the Luke and Pete Show. That man there taking his shirt off because he's already hot is Mr. Pete Diggory Donaldson. The Japanese embassy got in touch with um, the guy who I do uh, abroad in Japan with, Chris Broad, uh, and said I should visit the embassy. I've had an official invite from the embassy of Japan. I mean, that's a mistake on their part. The ambassador's reception. What do you expect it to be like? <laughs> In me, so this says more about my latent uh, racism than anything else. Mm. In my mind, it's like bloody Blade Runner in there. <laughs> I think it's down on um, near approaching Park Lane. I think it's down on Piccadilly. Nice spot. Nice spot. The Cambodian one is on Brondesbury Park in northwest London, mm. just up the road from Queen's Park, and it's a fairly large but otherwise unimpressive um, detached house. Have you seen the North Korean embassy in London? No, I have not. It's but I'd like to. Beautiful. I would like to. That is the North Korean embassy. It's just an end so kind of. That's exactly detached exact, house. It's exactly like the Cambodian one. Exactly yeah. like that. Isn't it weird? The though? gay they've little got, gated community. Yeah. But like they've got a little flag. The diplomats sort of come in and come out. I mean, they mainly come in. But um, yeah, it's uh, up in it's Gunnersbury, Gunnersbury Avenue in London. Right. A lot of the countries, uh, the prominent ones who had big pieces of real estate in the centre of London, have moved to that Nine Elms development, haven't they? Because the, right. this, because the, partly because the property is worth so much money. Yeah. And they can you know, make good 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 coin on it. Did they buy? Did they do they buy or do they rent those, those sort of things? I believe so a lot of the older ones, like I guess like the American one or whatever. I mm. think they've had that real estate for a long time. Yeah. and it's worth you know fifty, sixty million. Well, they've moved, haven't they? The American one. They've, a lot of them have moved down to Nine Elms in yeah. Vauxhall. Yeah. Um, recently on the Luke and Pete show, we ate odd flavored Kit Kats. We didn't did we, do that. I don't usually like eating on the uh, no. on the radio, so to speak. But I thought it filled a hole. <laughs> Um, Cameron, in, I mean, the most recent episode, Cameron got in touch on Twitter to say, I think this genuinely may be the funniest episode you guys have done. Wow. No accounting for taste. We also talked about the curse of the Colonel, the Japanese baseball team's yes. curse of the KFC Colonel. A story I've told three times to different people who haven't had the Luton Pete show to 
about the same reaction I got from you, to be honest. Disappointed. But I was so excited by that story. You're dining out on it, though. Yeah. I think it says more about your ability to tell a story than anything oh, else. Oh, yeah, done right. Um, we waxed lyrical about phobias. We marveled at the bizarre hot and cold flavours of 90s Ribena in the mm. 90s. I think, it, I think it was in the 90s, wasn't it? Um, and we also appreciated Cliff Young, the Australian Cliff Young, inadvertently winning an endurance race uh, back in the 80s by wearing uh, farmer's boots and not sleeping. Did you know that the former deputy ambassador to uh, North Korea... Um, defected to South Korea in 2016. No, I did so not know that. So he probably got on got an Uber from the North Korean embassy yeah. in Gunnersbury uh, and pop, popped over to uh, the South Korean one. I've, I've I guess got, that well, how would work would work. I suppose. I've got a feeling that you are about to become the Julian Assange of the Japanese embassy. I'd lo- what? I'd just have a little room. living there. Yeah, I'd be brilliant. They'd have all the best food. You get vitamin D deficiency. Though. It would be like the ambassador's reception, but instead of um, Frere Rocher, uh, Rocher, it would be takoyaki. Little Which steamed, little um, octopus balls in a in a in a ball, basically. Apparently, Julian Assange, I believe it was vitamin D deficiency because he wasn't Stink getting rabbits. outside enough. Rabbits. He's got a little balcony; he can step outside, can't he? Well, it's right? just what I read. It's just what I read. So, what what's the context of he the visit? He managed to get off with Pamela Anderson when he's in there. Is that is that true? Yeah, Pamela Anderson's visitor. So, it's well, stinking at louse. So did Nigel Farage. Doesn't mean anything untoward. Well, there was something untoward going on, but not, not of that nature. <laughs> yeah, I very certainly went out with um, Pamela Anderson. What's the context of your visit to the, uh, to the I Japanese I want to see Pamela Anderson. <laughs> uh, what do you mean, the context? You said you should visit. I was like, oh, I will. Are you going to go? I, I don't know. The thing is, it's one of those things. It's when Biffy Claro said I should come and watch, when I interviewed one of them, you should come and watch us when you go to Portugal, Peter. And I went, yes, I will. But Didn't then happen. there's a disconnect between how do I make that happen? I yeah. have to ask for email addresses. I have to kind of formally approach people. Yeah. It's never going to happen, is it? No, not on your watch. I might knock on the door and go, Hello, I've done a podcast with a Japanese boy. Let me in. <laughs> He's not Japanese, is he? No. no. He's from Kent. I'd like to mic, I'd like to mic you up in everything you do. Yeah. Uh, particularly that. But I mean, you walk into embassy with a mic. <laughs> no, just, 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 wire, just wearing a wire. Like a Viggo Mortensen's character in Carlito's Way. I'm wearing a wire, man. I got shit in the diaper, man. I got shit in the diaper, man. That's what I like to see you do. Wearing a wire... Like uh, in Carlito's way in the Japanese embassy, and and do you know what I'd like to do when you walk in? What? You walk. This is how it's going to work in my mind. You walk into the Japanese embassy. You've been mm. invited, so you yeah. walk in there fine, freely. Yeah. You sort of play around with your mic. Yeah. And we see that you're wearing a wire, mm. and then you, at that point you break the fourth wall, look to camera, and go. I expect you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> that would be ideal. Yeah. And then I go, bring me all the takoyaki you've got. No, and it would, and when when you say I expect you wondered how I got, you're wondering how I got here. We then rewind all the way back to you with your arm around that chimp at five years old in Hartlepool Zoo, right? And that's where it all starts. That's a long story. The bio, the biopic of your life. Yeah, I got like, people to, um, tune in. You always like ask it. for a Stuart Donaldson update. Oh I've yes, got, I do. I've got one. Uh, I got a rather cryptic text from my dad yesterday saying Crypto Dave is my hero. Right? Who's Crypto Dave? Fuck knows. I've googled right. him. I've asked him. I said, did, I, wrote, I just literally replied, does he go to your pub? Yeah. And he said, he's far too witty to be, to be seen there. So Crypto Dave might be a troublesome character. I don't know. I mean, he might could have be fallen the guy. into a bad crowd. Sounds like he sits in the local doing the cryptic crossword. <laughs> no, Crypto. Well, yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> crypto. What's his name? Crypto, crypto Dave. Dave. Crypto Dave. Crypto Dave. What do you imagine him to be like? I don't know. I'm just really obsessed with how um, little money he's got now because he put all his money into Bitcoin. Yeah, well, we've all done that. We've all done that. Yeah, Ethereum. I've got a bit of Ethereum, as you know. It's um, like a disease. It's just the way my trousers are hanging. Um, <laughs> Thea Young Ho. Something Thea that Young Ho is the highest ranking North Korean official to defect. And he defected from the, the North Korean embassy here in London. So we he, should be oh, honoured. So he was trusted. He was trusted. He was trusted. trusted. Um, did you watch the Michael Palin uh, one? Oh, he went to North Korea, didn't he? A couple of episodes. It's quite good. 
it is it's quite good, but it's it's all very kind of like voyeuristic. And oh, because Michael Palin's doing it, it's fine. But if a YouTuber goes and does it, it's a it's a disgrace that you're kind of feeding the machine. No, I, th- I think I think it depends. I think I think Palin probably look. It's hard for us to judge because we're not in that situation. And Palin, you know, I'm not realistically going to give Michael Palin tips about doing a travel documentary. <laughs> but he he probably could have been a bit more sort of forthright with them. But he was also. Um, with these two guides who I think he warmed to and who, who he got on with really well. But the thing, but the thing is, the money that got the it's quite apart from actually filming a documentary about it. The money still goes to the regime, doesn't it? That's the reason why tourism is frowned upon. I'd like to go north of the border. You've been I'd to the DMZ, haven't you? I've been to the DMZ. I've peed, there's like a little kind of um, observation tower with some really strong binoculars. You can look into Pyongyang if you want. The Dance of Military it's, Zone. It's so sort of vo- voyeuristic. It's uh, the little leaflets. So I say, well, dare to take it to take a peek into Pyongyang. Yeah. And there's a train station that's out there, and it's still kind of it's you know it's cleaned every day. It's it's like a functioning train station, but the trains don't go anywhere. Right. They sort of end north of um, Seoul and they don't go they do obviously don't go to Pyongyang so it's the train station of hope basically right. that they hope one day that it'll be able to travel to Pyongyang Donald Trump has his way little rocket man will be uh, <laughs> rocket man doing all that stuff mm. um, something that caught my eye uh, recently and I thought you'd enjoy this and this is perfect Luke and Pete show uh, fodder mm. uh, an urban myth right. of the type that we always used to hear about as children of the 80s and 90s and I don't need to go into detail. Yeah, well, I, you know what? I will. Things like, oh, don't go to that water park because someone put razor blades down the water slide. Yeah. Don't eat that food because someone put a razor blade in there. I'm fairly certain somebody put, That's put what nails, I'm gonna... through, nails through the Millhouse Leisure Centre. Easily done. Well, someone put drawing pins on the bottom of our swimming pool at school. That happened. <laughs> I, 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 I witnessed that with my own eyes. <laughs> that, that definitely happened. Right. Do, wouldn't drawing pins float? No. Really? No. No. Hmm. These these didn't. They're on oh, the, sounds on like the, you're on involved. The sounds like you're involved. It sounds like you ran some tests. Ask me again. <laughs> do, uh, do drawing pins float? Like? How could I possibly know? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, no, but they honestly that that did happen at my school. But generally speaking, they're urban. You're myth. punishing the weak there, aren't you? The people um, who put their feet down. Well, the reason I know it happened is because my best friend Jimmy, you know, you know yeah. about Jimmy Fruitarian. Yeah, he can't swim. Right, and so he used to go in the shallow end for our swimming lessons at yeah. school. And so this is the thing. I went to a rough school, but the one thing it did have was a swimming pool. And it was yeah. like a big thing. Yeah. Uh, but Jimmy couldn't swim. And nor could his twin sister. Jimmy so, couldn't swim. Yeah. Sounds like a Bruce Springsteen song. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so he used to have to walk along the swimming pool floor at the mm. shallow end, like doing whatever he's doing with these floats or whatever. And um, he was the one who said, Jesus, look, there's pins Jesus, in the Jesus, there's yeah. pins in them. Then there's blood in the water. Yeah. And the sharks arrived. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, A drawing pin can smell a cubic <laughs> centimetre of blood in a it's million. so... Yeah, exactly. It's so kind of right random that he'd actually get his foot on one. Because how many pins would you have to have to put in there? Oh, it's like a big... A, they used to come in quite big boxes at our school in the stationary cupboard. <laughs> if your teacher... If the teacher who administers the swimming pool, I'm presuming it's the PE department, can't notice a lot of drawing pins at the bottom of a pool, they, should, they have no right to own a pool. Our school was a shit show. Close it down. Anyway, to get on to my point, this caught my eye this week. A 50-year-old woman has been arrested in relation to the contamination of strawberries with needles. Oh, yeah. A number of needles were found inside strawberries by shoppers across Australia in September, and charges are expected to be laid. She was a um, a big deal. This news story was a big deal three or four weeks ago, wasn't it, when it, when they first found started finding needles Oh, I only found it yesterday. And it was like a nationwide kind of health scare. Um, How has she got access to that many strawberries? I think she worked... Oh, what do you mean? Well, you just go to shops, don't you? And just sort of pop... Pop the needles in. What are you doing? You? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing with those strawberries? Ne- You're going to pay for those. The um, uh, so it was sewing needles, presumably, to fit into the strawberries. You couldn't I, put. I've, put I've, I can show you a picture, but I can't really see. It's not really that clear. Yeah, that's a that's a sewing needle, isn't it? Right. But, um, unless that's a mass of strawberries, not a knitting needle, is it? 
these gigantic every, strawberries. Everyone, everyone who's purchased strawberries at Woolworths in Queensland, mm. which is up, you know, big. Where she's done it, and New South Wales and Victoria. So basically, I think oh. the three most populous um, states in Australia mm. have been told to chuck them away. Yeah, I mean that's I'll, that's the effect she's had. Sewing. Wait until they rot and do some sewing. She has sown a lot of seeds. danger. If you know what I mean? <laughs> she's literally sown. That's seeds. what I'm saying. That's the joke. They're covered in seeds. Yeah, true, exactly. It's the um, only fruit where the seeds are on the outside. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, um, and um, she's she's clearly um, damaged, and she's clearly um, very... Um, she's a bit cat-bin lady for me. You don't know who it is, do you? What do you mean? Well, you haven't seen her, have you? No, but... It's, no, I'm not saying she looks like the cat-bin lady. Hang on but a like that kind of, No, hang a, on a minute. It's a cry for help. I'm put, not having this. If you're putting needles in her... It's, it may well be a cry for help, but I don't think you can equate the two. A woman who puts a cat in a bit... Now, I'm a cat owner. You know I'm a cat lover. Right. I'm not defending that. It's horrendous. But you're not seriously going to impair the health of potentially thousands of people by putting a single solitary cat in an empty bin. You don't know how important that cat is. It could be the, um, the cat. <laughs> is it the, the cat, cat from Men in Black? Could have been with the, the ambassador. With the galaxy to... on, his, uh, on its collar. Yeah, could be yeah. the ambassador to North Korea. Could be. It's cat. Could have been, yeah. Could have started a new war. Oh, well done. You think you're just putting a normal cat in a bin. Yeah. You've actually just scuppered a defection. <laughs> <laughs> now, now Western civilizations are in mild peril. I just think it's a shame that people have to do that sort of thing to get attention. What do you, what do you think about... Um, what do you think about those urban myths we used to have when, the, when we were kids? Razor blades down the water flume was a big yeah. one. Yeah, well, we, we sort of talked about um, the clowns, the killer clowns. Didn't oh, yeah, we? we'll talk a bit about them. Should we, talk, should we have a break and talk about them in the emails? We've got to do emails about them. <laughs> <laughs> That's unhelpful. So, Chef, you're telling me that drinking camel's urine is part of the thing? Ah, you don't get me wrong. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
And we're back to the Luke and Pete show. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we can. We promised um, emails because yeah, because Urban Miss, right? So we promised um, emails about Urban Miss because we had a guy got in touch with us and possibly last show around or the one before that mm-hmm. um, about killer clowns and blue transit vans, right? Yes, I've got a follow up here from Aaron. It's a blue transit vans. I don't sort of really get. It's well, confusing. So as as I've said a hundred times, were razor blades in a, in a water flume and razor blades in apples. Do you have any sort of variations on that, Pete? From where you, I don't really remember the razor blades, but I remember the um, the thing you're going to talk about the, the the Chelsea smile thing. Oh, okay, right. So Aaron's got in touch and says, "All right, boys, I'm writing to reply to the email you received about the clowns in blue transit vans terrorising children of Lanarkshire." Of course, if you want to get in touch with an email, it's hello at lukeandpeteshow.com, as Aaron's done. Uh, he, Aaron goes on to say, "It's clear that by the time I heard about the clowns about eleven years ago." Chinese whispers had taken place. While the clowns still drove a blue transit van, their method of punishment was different. They would tie you down and slit the corners of your mouth with a Stanley knife to the point where you could easily place a credit card in and then pour vinegar into your wounds. What made this worse for me was that the part of the sunny Cope Bridge where I grew up was that less than three streets away was a man who owned a blue transit van. Mm. I did some background reading myself and discovered that it was reportedly men who had escaped from Carstairs Hospital, a psychiatric ward for around 140 patients. While there's clearly something to this story, um, I think it stemmed from Pennywise all along, as in from Stephen yeah. King's It. Um, yeah, so, I mean, not really a huge amount of further information other than some more myths there. No. You could probably fit a credit card in your mouth anyway, couldn't you? I reckon so. I've got quite a, a letterboxy kind of mouth. That's why yeah. I never made it as a boxer. But um, the uh, the whole sort of splitting of the sides of the mouth. Chelsea smile, yeah. Yeah, Chelsea smile. And then, and then you tickle them so they laugh and their face just splits. I think that was all from like the Joker. Remember that yeah. Batman, uh, the, was, the, the Tim Burton first Joker? Was there Jack not a, a film with... with um, at some point where someone says, I'll make you smile for the rest of your life. Some sort of like British gangster movie or oh, something. Right, okay. It might have come from that. Tedious, isn't it? It's tedious. Oh, yeah, it's easily of, stitched up. Speaking and of um, badass. Speaking of uh, terrible British movies, that to me is a real interest. Like there's there's a um there's so many, more than you could ever imagine, um, terrible British gangster movies been made. There's gangster movies, there's even like ones with pretty decent casts that people sort of go, oh, that that's pretty good. What was the last um, Michael Caine film where he sort of played an old bloke who couldn't understand? Oh, Harry Brown. Harry Brown. That's actually quite good. No, it's not. I thought it was I, decent. Yeah, if you watch it it's again. It's really bleak. If you watch it again, it's it's not. No, as, I, it's really clunky. I think you're wrong. And I think, I think, we're, I think we're talking about a far worse caliber of movie no I know and there are a lot worse there are a lot worse and and everyone just screams uh, tax break every one of them just the, screams the, one, the worst one I've ever seen is one called Bonded by Blood which mm. features no doubt surprised to know uh, Tamar Hassan and a guy who used to be a doorman yet has <laughs> somehow forged out some sort of acting career and I do right. use that in, in the loosest possible terms um, we're talking about three or four levels below anything Danny Dyer's agent would even put mm. to him. Yeah, that, that sort of level. Mm. And it is the most astonishingly bad acted film to the point of where I think that you could probably pick four or five people off the street and give them a bit of time to learn the lines mm. and they could do as, as, as good a job. The Sweeney with Plan B? But well, Plan B's good in Harry Brown. <laughs> He's really dark in Harry Brown. Um, he can actually. Yeah, he's got some acting he's got chops. Some chops. Yeah, but I, I, I think that some that there's there's a certain raft of kind of British gangster movies that came after Lockstock that just seem to be lit ways of men and women cleaning money. I think there's a definite right. 
bit of tax breaks and also maybe a little bit of money laundering in it as well because the quality is so poor and the fantasies are so nonsensical yeah. and the scripts are so bad. I just think there's there's got to be something. Maybe someone who works for the Met they can sort of uh, fill us in as yeah, to maybe. whether there's there's any truth to that. But, that, but it certainly seems. But you say that, but I don't think that I understand why that would be the case for people making the movie. Mm. But some of the people involved in those types of movies I'm mentioning there, I mean, they're they're seriously going to be like, right? Do you want to be in a movie for the next three months? Is mm. is twenty grand? I mean, they're going to do it. Yeah, because they don't want any money and they need yeah. to work, right? And, yeah. and they want to be actors. I know, talk like this. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I think you could you could pass for a quite a good sort of sinister villain, but but Lockstock and Snatch, in the same way that the Libertines have got a lot to answer for <laughs> about what came after them. Yeah, those two films and Guy Ritchie have got a lot to answer for. No, excellent, Guy Ritchie. I always forget which way around it is, but Guy Ritchie can either create, a f- he can film, but he but he can't write, or he can either write and he can't film. I re I can't remember because I quite like the Sherlock Holmes. I've not seen that. Yeah. Uh. I quite, I, well, I quite, it, it, I quite rate him. I quite the problem is, it's weird because Sherlock Holmes, the Guy Ritchie one, and the one what's which is called Elementary with mm. uh, is it Johnny Lee Miller. Oh, that's a, t- it's a TV show. Isn't yes, it? but they both come around the same time as the Benedict Cumberbatch, Mark Gatiss Sherlock, uh, which of course means it's just Lucy Lou, yeah. Charlie's oh, Angels. Speaking of get on the floor. <laughs> speaking of Mark Gatiss, did you uh, happen across um, Gatiss? Whatever. Did you not? Just, have, he's not involved. He just we lambasted Marcus in bagel instead of bagel, which stretch. Yeah, <laughs> the I mean, I'm rightly so. I think. Um, <laughs> have a bagel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Halloween special of Inside Number Nine. Did you see it? I didn't see it. No, oh, so it's, it's live, wasn't it? It's well, it's excellent. Mm. I'm not going to say Everyone, tell you yeah, what yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, and I'm not yeah, going to spoil it for people listening at home. If you're listening now and you've seen it, you know what I mean. That's one of those things that my own personal Halloween nightmare is the fact that I wasn't in the country when that was on. So people just keep on going, Did you see it? Did you see it? And I just haven't. I got it on catch up, bruv. Watch it on probably the third or fourth of November. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's the kind of guy I am. Do you want to do another email, mate? I'll do another email. Uh, let me have a look. I see I, you asterisked a load of them in the inbox. Well, I so. asterisked a load of them, but then I was like, oh, the, uh, the, the, um, then I looked for the clowns. Samuel. Hello, Samuel. I won't give you the second name just in case you get into trouble. And also, it's quite hard to say your middle name. Um, <laughs> all right, lads, up above nothing, I thought I'd share a story with you and to see if any other listeners or hosts, I could definitely see Pete doing something like this, have any similar stories. I've known my mate since uh, we were about 12, and he's always been a massive wind-up merchant and prankster and semi-regular Wikipedia vandal. Usually his stuff gets re- removed by Jobsworths quite quickly. They're literally doing their jobs, um, Samuel, so <laughs> yeah. uh, But as of right now, this particular piece of bollocks has been there for about four years. It's not even an obscure page in the backwaters of the site. It must get thousands, it must get thousands upon thousands of hits a week, and there's actually some quality proof that people have actually taken this seriously. The vandalism itself is on the page for Earl Grey tea. He told me at the time it wasn't even one of his more considered pieces or any particular attempt at fooling the moderators. It was something stupid for his own amusement that he assumed that would be gone by the time he woke up the next morning. Pete, it's can not... I cut in there and say that most Wikipedia vandalism is horrendously shit? Yeah, it's all shit. But you're, I don't know what this email's about, mm. but you're saying this is a particularly good example. It's a good example, yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. It's... Um... It's not even just a sentence or two, it's a whole section. My mate describes in in great detail the entirely fictitious history of Earl Grey being used as a mixer for gin, spawning the equally fictitious cocktail, the Morsley Tea Service, after the rich part of Birmingham. 
It's still in there, I believe. Uh, he made it sound vaguely plausible and even used citations and references to genuine publications, though sneakily to incredibly obscure stuff you couldn't verify without actually having to go to a library. The best part, though, is that when I googled Morsley Tea Service a couple of years later to see if it was still on the Wikipedia page, to my absolute amazement, I found some bars and restaurants had actually put it on their menus. Oh, brilliant. It spread around the world as far as a bar in Halifax, Nova Scotia, one in Aberdeen, one in California, uh, and possibly my favourite is a fancy hotel in the drink spiritual home of Birmingham. Is it include a recipe, then? Uh, no, no, I think it's, I think somebody just went, oh, we'll call this Earl Grey infused gin Because I've long, I've long suspected that people who make cocktails who call themselves mixologists are full of hot hair and are absolute bellend. Hot air and hot hair. Yeah. Absolute. I, cocktail, I'm, I'm not an angry man usually, but you can make a cocktail without fucking about. Yes, I agree. And people fuck about too much. And I'm probably three deep at the bar back and I just want a beer. Get yeah. on with it. And I'm dressed exactly the same as the guy behind the cocktail bar. <laughs> Yeah, you look like you're going for an interview for the job. I've got me little, me little um, brass bracelets around my uh, elbows to keep my, keep my armbands. Keep brass my, bracelets, as they're so well known. Brass bla- bracelets. Uh, yeah, so because uh, we did, I did one for oh, was it? Um, oh, the Aston Villa manager, French. Um, uh, Gerard Houllier. Gerard Houllier. That's right. So, so this essentially, in summary, this guy has invented a a Earl Grey cocktail tradition that people mm. have adopted as fact. Yes. You did Gerard Houllier when he was appointed the manager of Aston Villa. Yes. We had, a, or you suggested that there people who were reporting on this, which wouldn't check stuff, they'd yeah. just be going straight to Wikipedia. So you put a couple of two, two or three, I think. Where he started his career, Fictional I think. French yeah. football teams. Yes. And they got picked up by not all of them, but quite a lot of re- re- reputable news outlets. It was in Yahoo, it was on Eurosport. Yeah. We, we, uh, we, 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 we got them. Which which kind of it does make me sort of think oh, if it'll give like me bum clues for going for gold, but they're only mugging off themselves in that situation. Exactly, they're only lying um, to themselves. And, and I do think you can. I mean, I remember reading is a few years ago now. Richard Dawkins before he went properly head mental, uh, obviously is an authority on evolutionary biology. I don't think anyone really disputes that. And he was tasked by I think is it Jimmy Wales, the founder of Wikipedia? Right, I think it was him. Anyway, someone tasked it tasked Richard Dawkins with. Go onto the Wikipedia page about evolution and tell me, in your professional opinion, how accurate mm. it is. Yeah. And he did that. Dawkins mentioned it in one of his talks and said he was astonished how good it was, yeah. how accurate it was. Yeah. And so at its best, Wikipedia is amazing. Oh, yeah. But definitely. you've got to, a lot of times, you've got to go and look at the sources and make yeah. sure it's from where it's from. If, so. you're, if, you, if you find something, oh, that's really interesting. And it happens quite a lot with um, when I'm doing Wrestle Me and I don't know any of the wrestlers. So I'm sort of Wikipedia all these wrestlers. And they do all, because if there's one side of the internet that are really kind of big on kind of facts and, and, and stuff and, and heights and, and build where they're from and, and, and ages and dates and stuff, it's wrestling fans. They're really on it. But that's all Same bullshit anyway, isn't it? They make it up, don't they? Well, they make up where they're from. And their heights and weights. I met a new one um, this week because we were doing a different, slightly different show. Um, Kabuki, uh, or the great Kabuki. Got it, the Kabuki. He's from Japan. He's from uh, some prefecture at the bottom of the, the country. Um, he uh, blows. He does. He's the first, but one of the first uh, people to sort of throw um, dust around. I think they call it Asian dust or something. Right. Like that. Some kind of weird stuff that does spells and things. Burns the eyes um, as wrestlers. Um, so he's 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 from Japan. He's his name is an ancient Japanese theatre. And they've billed him from being from like Indonesia or right. <laughs> Singapore. It's like, right. why? His name's the Great Kabuki. Right. Say he's from Japan. A lot of this is a lot of the stuff they did. I mean, and regular listeners to WrestleMe will know this. Mm. Obviously, on, on one of them, is that um, 
a lot of it's quite problematic, isn't it? So like Kamala being like from deepest, darkest Africa when he's actually from like Missouri or whatever. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, and, and, and they also, massive, not just where people are from, but they massively exaggerate their heights and weights as well. Oh, massively, yeah. So when like, so Andre was genuinely a gigantic character, but like they, they sort of said quite early on, don't stand next to any basketball players because basketball players are just taller, just than, ridiculous, taller yeah. than him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. All right, yeah. I, I want to do, I just want to finish off with, a, with an email, quite a sort of poignant email. Um, it's, it's from Callum. It's quite a really interesting read, but also quite a bleak and and, and, and sort of sad one as well. Um, Callum says, Hi guys, I've been catching up with the show since getting into it a couple of months ago. Uh, I've got a story I thought you might enjoy. My granddad, Don, is now 75 and mm. profoundly deaf. He has been deaf since a bout of meningitis as a baby. He's Glaswegian and a real character. In the 50s, being deaf was really hard. At his school, they were forbidden from using sign language Instead, it instructed to lip read. Now, this is ridiculously hard for somebody who's never had any semblance of hearing because they don't yeah. know the shape and sounds of the words. Um, the punishment for this, for signing, was typically a ruler to the hands. So, in 50s and 60s and 70s, and my ex-girlfriend's father used to say this, he got really bad treatment at school for being left-handed. Yeah, yeah. He almost literally had it beaten out of him. Yeah. Um, and, and so this is a similar type of thing, although more harsh. He said, at his granddad Don's deaf school, uh, boarding school, They'd also enforce a strict 7pm lights out rule, forcing children as old as 15 to go to sleep but it was still light. And they also had to wear shorts every day during the summer and that was mandatory. Don was fed up with this. I know. Don was fed up with this. Uh, He said so he was going to escape. This was a tight operation where the school had alarm systems, bells that rang when windows and doors opened, but he had a plan nonetheless. A symptom of my granddad's deafness is that his eardrum has a wider gap than most, leaving him with earache at times and affecting his balance. So... Over the course of two to three weeks, he would complain of earache and head to the nurse to receive some cotton wool. It would be doused with some mild anaesthetic to numb the pain. And my granddad began to collect it until he had enough of it. He then enlisted the help of a friend who was partially deaf and could feel vibrations. He went around and jammed... It's like a film I know, it's great. Went around and jammed all of the bells with cotton wool, so when they went off, they made no sound. And then he had his friend test it. That's like a graphic adventure. Yeah. When he escaped, no alarm sound until the head teacher noticed he was missing. They brought him back from his house the next morning and demanded to know how he'd escaped, but he refused to tell them. He repeated this feat again, and when they insisted... Hear no evil, speak no evil. Yeah, and when they insisted he received no punishment if he told them how he did it, he revealed the elaborate plan. I just wanted to share my favourite story from my remarkable granddad, Don. All the best and keep up the good work. Now, that is a really terrible uh, situation, but an amazing story, right? Oh, yeah, brilliant. And and also, I just like the fact that he collected cotton wool. That was the only place you get cotton wool, was Mm. at the nurse. Amazing, <laughs> and, and and the thing was, there's no real point to it other than just to prove a point. Say, look, you fuck you lot. Yeah, and I'll, I would like to think that he wasn't punished after that because that's a trick that teachers pull all the time. You oh, can't yeah. just say, oh, yeah, you're not going to get in trouble. Yeah, you are going to get in trouble. Yeah, you, I, I just want you to, if, you, if you're honest and you own that, you won't get in trouble. I learned that the hard way from my old mum, didn't I? <laughs> she, she always used to say that to me, and I always yeah. used to fall for it. Absolutely, incredible lies. Um, there was a, um, I was back at my parents last weekend, and we were looking at some old photos, and there was a photo oh, of I saw me. Some, yeah. It's a photo of me playing at Sega Master System 2. Yeah, you're playing that on Instagram. Paul, Paul Position, I think you were playing. I can't remember. I think it was a built-in game. You were playing a built-in game. No, built-in game. No, I, a gamer. I wasn't. I wasn't because, I tell you, the built-in game on that system was Alex Kidd in Miracle World. Oh, yeah. So it, it was definitely that. a cartridge game. You used to be able to get cards, card games, like games on cards back in the day, I think. Yeah. Really? There we Weird. go. All right. System. Let's get out of here, Pete Donaldson. Let's get out of here. I noticed in the background of that shot um, where you're playing Paul Position in, in the kitchen, um, there's two cans that look like a modern craft ale, piston heads. Really? And I was like, and I, was like I, wrote, I wrote it on Instagram, you probably missed a message, but um, yeah, I was just astounded that 
Is that gonna time traveling craft ale? Is that gonna be now a bit of viral content? Look at this yeah. kid who's a time traveler. <laughs> there we go. Brilliant. All right, let's get out of here. We're back next week. Hello at LukeandPeteShow.com. If you want to get in touch, we'd love to hear from you. You'd be very welcome. And if not, we'll uh, speak to you again on Monday. Mm. Stop signing us up for spam accounts. It's really difficult yeah, to do Yeah, stop doing that now. It's backfired. Oh. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.